Welcome to Lifelines. This is John Augustine. In 1935, American archaeologists entered an Egyptian tomb which had lain undisturbed for over 3,000 years. It contained no golden artifacts, but instead an historical treasure. The grave goods were dated in the seventh year of the reign of Pharaoh Hatshepsut, a figure of mystery. For Hatshepsut was a woman who declared herself not queen, but king of Egypt, true pharaoh in a very orthodox patriarchal society. After her death, her monuments were defaced, her name scratched out of the hieroglyphics. Someone had tried to erase her from history, but her story is presented in a biography by Joyce Tindlesley. The ancient Egyptians prized conformity and continuity above all. While the engine of government was run by an army of advisors, priests, and scribes, the pharaoh was an absolute ruler who owned the land and the people. He was expected to lead the army into battle and serve as the liaison between the people and the multiple gods of Egypt's pantheon. And always, he was male. Hatshepsut was the daughter of a powerful pharaoh, Tutmosis I, and she married her half-brother, Tutmosis II. Such incestuous marriages were common among Egyptian kings, who preferred to keep the royal family in the family. Her husband ruled for only three years before he died. As their marriage was apparently childless, the throne passed to the son of a harem woman, Thothmosis III. At the start of his reign, he must have been a child, perhaps an infant, and Hatshepsut was still a young woman, content for a while to share the throne as a dowager queen. But an infant pharaoh is almost unthinkable. In an absolute monarchy, someone has to function as a monarch. At some point, Hatshepsut declared herself not queen, but king of Egypt, perhaps in an effort to stabilize the government, ensure the continuity the Egyptians demanded. As king, she could conduct the religious and state rituals only a pharaoh could perform. She ceased wearing women's clothing, put on the traditional costume of the king, including the fake beard, that pharaohs always wore on the throne. She could not duplicate the military triumphs of her father, but she did reign for 20 years of economic prosperity and national security. She built grand monuments, including the Temple of Jezer Jezeru, one of the most beautiful buildings of the ancient world. One marvelous adventure saw her direct a trade agreement with the fabled land of Punt, bringing to Egypt ebony and gold, elephant tusks, and panther skins, frankincense, and myrrh, and pygmies. On a more mundane level, she also negotiated with Phoenicia for wood, a material her desert nation needed desperately. Some years later, King Solomon would do the same. Hatshepsut was not shy about her accomplishments. She made sure her name was prominently displayed on her statues, obelisks, and temples, asserting her pharaonic status. But after her death, someone tried to remove her name from state records and stone. Tuthmosis III seems the likely perpetrator. For years, archaeologists reasoned that he resented his stepmother's power and revenged himself by obliterating her memory. But maybe not. The boy grew into an honored pharaoh, a successful general, as the author says, a credit to his stepmother. And he seems to have held off on his revenge for decades, Perhaps in the end, the extreme conservatism of the Egyptians demanded that the record should read Tuthmosis I, II, and III. We don't really know if he was the culprit or why it was done. 
nor have we found Hatshepsut's tomb, nor her mummified remains. We don't even know where the fabulous land of Punt was. But the past cannot conceal all its secrets, and the history of this remarkable woman king could not be entirely erased. This program has been Lifelines. I'm John Augustine.